It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. God is the great gift giver. I love that statement because it's so true. The nature of God is to give. That's found all through the scripture. In fact, one of the most well-known scriptures in the entire Bible is John 3.16. This says it so succinctly and so beautifully that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's break that down. Right at the beginning, we see something so beautiful. For God so loved the world that he gave, because loving and giving go together with God. They're synonymous. They're inseparable. That's the way the kingdom of God functions, because that's the character of the God of the kingdom. Loving and giving go together, just like living and breathing. You can't live without breathing. And if you're godlike in your walk in this world, you can't love without giving because you imitate the one who has changed your life. I love James 1 verse 17 that says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I see a lot of rich revelation in that verse. First of all, anything that comes from God is good. Anything that comes from God is perfect. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. Because when you receive the gifts of God, when you become a recipient of his divine influence, You become a light in this dark world. The father of lights introduces light into this world by giving gifts to individuals who incline their hearts toward him. And he intends for that to be a permanent situation. Certainly we can turn our backs on God if we choose to and walk away from our gifts. But on God's side, on God's part, he expects it to be permanent. That's why Romans 11.29 says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The word repentance means to change your mind. In other words, when God gives you a gift, he doesn't change his mind. And when you get your heart back with God, if you happen to be in a backslidden state or if you've walked in darkness for a season, you feel like God would never move for you again, that's wrong. Because once you turn your heart back to him in meekness and surrender, the gift is there waiting for you. God hasn't changed his mind. And that's good to know. When we receive God's gift, this is fundamental principle number two. When we receive God's gifts, we become a gift to God and to others. So it works vertically and horizontally. When we receive God's gifts, we don't become a reservoir of the gifts. We become a channel, if you would, 
of those gifts to others who are in need and right back to the God who gave those gifts to begin with. They return to him as worship and as service. Many years ago, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, had a dream about me. And I believed in the life that person lived, a prayerful life, a devoted life, a discipled life. And so I really trusted that the dream that was conveyed to me was truly of God. And it was one of the most powerful and profound thoughts I think I've ever heard. She said that when she saw me, I was on a platform in a tent, and I used to preach in tent meetings all over the United States. I carried a tent from one city to the other, and we would do three-week-long word and worship meetings, gatherings of hundreds of people would come in some areas and thousands in others. And anyway, I was standing on a platform, and I was just radiant with joy. She said I was just shining with happiness. And she heard the voice of God speak to me and say two things at the same time. One word was superimposed, in a sense, on the other word, but both were spoken simultaneously. She said, first, she heard the voice of God say to me, be true to the gift God gave you. But at the same time, she heard God's voice say, be true to the gift God made you. And so the word gave and made were spoken simultaneously. So that was, I'm sure, God's way of saying whenever he gives you a gift, you become the manifestation of that gift to others, the personification of that gift to others. And as I've said already, it returns back to God in the form of service and worship. Be true to the gift God gave you. I'm asking you right now to ponder for a few moments, what gifts do you have from God? Let's not go into the next year with neglected gifts, gathering dust on the shelves of our memory banks. Let's gather those gifts, brush off the dust, and say, God, it's time for me to commit myself entirely to what you've called me to do. I've only got one life, and I've got to live it to the fullest. One of my favorite quotes goes like this, I'd rather burn out than be stifled with dry rot. I'd rather be a flaming meteor, every atom of me in a magnificent glow, than to be a sleepy and permanent planet. The proper function of man is to live, not exist. People who are gifted have the opportunity to live life on a level that others would never understand or be able to conceive the possibility of. But when God plants gifts in your life, you have such an awesome opportunity to make a difference. He's the father of lights, and any gift is like turning on a switch in your spirit that lights you up so that you can light up the world. It's not just for us. Now, what is a gift? What is a gift? If you were to define what a gift is, how would you express that definition? A gift is is a tangible way of expressing intangible things, like affection 
or love or respect or honor or devotion. You give a gift, which is a tangible thing, to express those emotional attitudes, those inward feelings that you have that need to be expressed. Well, if you truly love God and love people, that love needs to be expressed, and it can be expressed in the form of the gifts that God gives you. Now, this particular episode is laying a foundation on our calling to be a gift for the Lord, and that is found in Numbers chapter 18, verse 6. And I believe it's a title, it's a name that every born-again, blood-washed child of God has inherited. In fact, you ought to take a moment right now and just confess, I am a gift for the Lord. I'm not just a person who has received gifts. I have become a gift back to the God who gave those gifts to me initially. All right, what's my basis for believing that? Let's go to Numbers chapter 18, verses 6 and 7. Now, in verse 7, God speaks to Aaron and his sons, and he says, I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service. I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service. Their priesthood was the access they had into the presence of God in the sanctuary. They lived daily in the presence of God. The presence of God did not yet live daily in them. That could not happen until after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, his ascension into heaven, and the sending of the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in the hearts of believers. They were in the presence of God, but the presence of God wasn't in them, and that was the weakness of that particular era, that particular time, the old covenant, because God was external, and it was God making demands on them to live up to his expectations on the power of human will, and it wasn't as effective as God getting inside of human beings and shaping us and molding us into the character he desires us to have. But notice that he said to Aaron and his sons, I give you your priesthood as a gift. But the priesthood was not just about Aaron and his sons accessing God's presence for their own benefit so that they would receive revelations and understandings about the mysteries of God. It was all about service to others. And if you are a gifted person, it's not so that you can be blessed and so that you can walk in incredible divine revelation, so that you can have heavenly encounters. Those things may happen, but that's not the main reason God pours gifts into your life, is so that you occupy a position of service to others. It's extremely important that you see that. God said, I give your priesthood to you. What was the priesthood? The word Priest means one who has access, one who has access into the presence of God. And in the tabernacle area, you first encountered the the altar of sacrifice where there was a fire burning, constantly burning. It was never allowed to go out that initially came from heaven to begin with. 
when they dedicated the tabernacle, the fire fell, consumed the sacrifice, and God told the priests never to let that fire be extinguished. So when the priests came into the tabernacle area, they saw holy fire, heavenly fire, divine fire, God fire burning on the altar. And they would have the incredible privilege and honor of bearing that fire into the holy place to keep the menorah lampstand lit. And so the light that was shining from the lampstand that they were basking in was heavenly light, divine light, God light. So they were constantly in the presence of God fire and God light. And then the high priest one time of year would go into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and see the glory in between the cherubim. So yes, it was a glorious thing, a wonderful thing that they could abide in the presence of God, but it was so that they could be used of God to help the helpless and give hope to the hopeless, to those who came to the tabernacle desiring to be forgiven, desiring to be reconciled to God. If we have received the priesthood as a gift, and we have, every born-again believer is a priest. In fact, 1 Peter 2.5 declares that we are a holy priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9 declares that we are a royal priesthood. Then in Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, it talks about how he has made us kings and priests unto him who loved us and gave his life for us and shed his blood for us that we might be kings and priests unto God. Think of that. All of that is for the purpose of being the means by which helpless, hopeless people can be reconciled to God. That's your job. It's not just so you can go to church and be blessed and learn more about the Bible every day that you attend a Sunday service or a Saturday service or whenever you go to church. It's not just for your self-edification. It's for service. To have access into the presence of God means you are equipped to help others who don't understand that honor, that wonderful privilege of being in God's presence. Now, let's go to the verse prior to that, Numbers 18.6. This is when God tells Aaron and his sons that he's giving the tribe of Levi to them in order to assist them in the tabernacle. Now, listen to how God words it. He says, and I, behold, I have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel. To you they are given as a gift for the Lord. Wow. Imagine that. To you they are given as a gift for the Lord to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So God singled out the tribe of Levi, and instantly the name Levi means joined because later on, not when the name was initially given to the father of the tribe, but later on, it became indicative of a chosen group that were joined to God in a special priestly covenant. And they were a gift to the Lord. See, because someone in this world had to be the useful vessel 
that God could use to implement his redemptive plan. And so all of the Levites were dedicated as a gift to God, consecrated to him to become those useful vessels and in the process become a gift to others as well. Now, Aaron and his sons were, of course, of the tribe of Levi also, and the rest of their brethren uh, joined them. In fact, the Levites, strangely, when they went into the land of promise, did not get a strip of land as an inheritance. In fact, when I first read it many, many years ago, it said that the Levites shall have no inheritance in the land that I am giving you. And I thought, well, that's not fair because the Levites were the ones that stood with Moses in the day of the rebellion. And yet, uh, that wasn't why God made that decision. Uh, he, it had nothing to do with the history of the tribe. He said, the Levites shall have no inheritance in the land because I am their inheritance, says the Lord. In other words, still, later on in the history of Israel, they're occupying this role of being a gift for the Lord. And not only are they a gift for the Lord, the Lord is a gift to them in a very special way because he said, I am their inheritance. I'm not going to give them uh, strips of land where they can build their, uh, their inheritance to pass down to their offspring, have their farms and build their houses and, and congregate with their tribe uh, on a, uh, on a continued basis. But then what God did was he scattered them throughout all of Israel in 48 Levitical cities where they could become a light to all of Israel. That way God could have godly influence. If it functioned according to the correct order, there would be godly influence all through the other 11 tribes. And that way they would be kept in a mindset of serving God. So the Levites, <laughs> the Levites were a gift for God and a gift to other people. And they did, uh, if they did their job correctly, if they did their job rightly, then uh, they were the custodians of the fire. They were the custodians of the glory. They were the custodians of the light. Think of that. And that's exactly what describes you and your New Testament calling as well, because you are the New Testament Levites. You are the New Testament priests. Let me show you a scripture that gives you or grants you on a higher level the calling to be a Levite. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 20 through 22. Now, you'd really have to read this passage in context to understand how it translates into a new covenant fulfillment. But God says in Jeremiah 33, 20, such a powerful statement. If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night so that there will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant also may be broken with David, my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. As the host of heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured, so will I multiply the descendants of David, my servant, and the Levites who minister to me. What's God talking about there? Well, first of all, he had promised David 
that David would always have a son seated on his throne, that the Davidic dynasty would endure forever as long as the sun and the moon. You may say, well, that didn't happen because there's no king that can claim to be the offspring of David ruling and reigning as a a regal kingly figure in Israel right now. Well, yes, there is. They may not recognize him, but see, Jesus was called the son of David. And up until the time of Jesus, there was a line of Davidic kings. And then Jesus the son of David, in a sense, moved the throne of David from earth to heaven, and that throne has endured forever. It's the throne of God, yes, but it's the kingdom of David and the kingdom of God blended together. And you can see that in Isaiah chapter 9, also in this passage of scripture. It's a wonderful thing how how God fulfilled this promise And then he said, not only will the seed of David endure forever, and and he's talking on two levels, by the way. And he said, if you can break my covenant of the night, my covenant of the day, that there should not be day and night in their season, then my covenant with David can be broken. That's how strong the covenant is that God has with you, that before the enemy can destroy this covenant that God has with you, All the demons that exist would have to gather on the horizon and stop the sun from coming up tomorrow morning or stop the night from falling. And then maybe they could conquer the covenant in your life. Well, that's not going to happen because if God has covenanted with you, then you have permanent protection assigned to you, angels around you, promises hovering over you. You are a protected individual. Now, without going into a much greater depth, let me say this, that you are the continuation of the Davidic line. Because if the Lord Jesus Christ, who was a son of David, lives within your heart and you have been born again, then you are also, in a spiritual sense, the sons of David. And so the Davidic line is continuing, and every one of you have a kingly inheritance because he has made you kings and priests. And not only are you the continuation of the Davidic dynasty, you are the continuation of the Levitical tribe in a spiritual new covenant sense, because you are the priests And you are the Levites who now are God's representative ministers. We have the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of the Spirit, and the ministry of righteousness. We administer righteousness and reconciliation and the Spirit of God into the lives and hearts of broken people. Isn't that phenomenal? And so we are a gift for the Lord. If we're the continuation of the Levitical tribe in a spiritual sense, And if we are the continuation of the Davidic dynasty in a spiritual sense, then we are a gift to humanity and we are a gift to God. There's much more to be said about this. Don't fail to get uh, tuned in to the next episode because I'm going to talk about many of the gifts that God has given you.
Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.